Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Sponsored by 1010 Podcasts. The Celtic Exchange. A fresh insight on Celtic Football Club. Final score at Celtic Park, Celtic 2, St Mirren 0, Cameron Carter-Vickers and Captain Callum McGregor with the goals on the night. This is Tino with the final show, final whistle show. This morning I'm joined by James. James, you're somewhere under a, a sunny Dublin sky off Grafton Street. How's it going? Very nice, just sitting here having a wee coffee, so a nice start to the day and looking forward to June over last night. Yeah, good for you eh, on your holidays. So, yep, you and I were at the game last night, but you've gone all international and headed off on your travels. So, um, what we'll do, Miff's actually hoping to join the call shortly, so with a bit of luck we'll have that uh, very special guest. But what we'll do, James, we'll take it right back to the start of the night and the, the starting lineup first of all. Um, no huge surprises, I, I would say. We were hopeful that Jack Amakis was going to be fit. The chat was he was 50-50 after some sort of illness. Ansh has since confirmed that he could have made it a push, but he'll now make it for Sunday, so that's good news. But what was your take on the starting lineup first of all? Yeah, similar kind of attitude as I suppose to Jack and Marcus. I'd love to have had him in last night. I think he made a difference, but I think he's so so important for Sunday, so I wasn't too keen for him to be risked. Um, yeah. O'Reilly coming in for Rogic, I was all for that. For me, it didn't quite go the way I'd, I'd hoped. O'Reilly was a wee bit lackluster himself, and Rogic came on showing a wee bit more hunger. So, yeah, the only thing's been O'Reilly, I, I was happy to see, um, and the rest was pretty much picked itself. Yeah, it kind of did, didn't it? O'Reilly and Rogers, just now that you mention it, they seem to be kind of trading places at the moment. Um, one doesn't start so well, and the other seems to come in and say, right, I'll, I'll pick up the slack this week, and vice versa. Um, Matt O'Reilly, maybe a victim of his own high standards and success for his first few games, but he's huffed and puffed a wee bit in the last couple of games. I thought he was decent when he came on against Tibbs. I thought he gave us a bit more um, urgency uh, and was, was moving things forward better than um, than players before. So I thought he was okay there. I thought last night he really kind of, like you say, huffed and puffed. And there might be just as this with Tati as well, you know, the kind of early enthusiasm. And I don't think his enthusiasm has waned, but his energy maybe has, you know. I think there might have been, a, to a huge extent, some adrenaline that gets these guys mm-hmm. over the yeah. line early bells. They've come in... You know, the three three main guys that have come in, Maeda, Hatati and O'Reilly, obviously Gucci doesn't feature much and Johnny Kennedy, the Irish striker, has not featured at all so far. These guys have come in during a really frantic, real kind of hectic, pressured time eh, of the mm. season. Obviously, a lot of the focus was on that Rangers game at the, the start of February there. And with a real energy around the place, which maybe has naturally eased off to a point because Hatati's not at himself either at the moment. And I think... Is maybe to be expected, you know, him and O'Reilly having come in at such a you know frenzied time. Maybe you know it's, it's just natural what's happening right now. It is, and there may be, and they shouldn't have pressures. They'll maybe feeling a wee bit of anxiety from the stands, and I include myself in that. You know, it's 
it's an anxious time. We're so, you know, keen to get over the line this title and get the job done that when there's any hint that it, they, win, they won't win a game, fans are getting anxious. And, you know, like I say, I'm talking to myself on this. We need to calm down a wee bit let the players do their thing because they got there in the end last night. Yeah, so ultimately, you need to calm down. <laughs> I need to calm down, yeah. Yeah. Um, let's look at the first half. So I was going to say look at the first half highlights now. Highlights? That term loosely. At the stadium, at the time, uh, for me, it, it felt like a really turgid half. And everyone will have their opinions on it. And some are at the game and some have watched, you know, watched it on no illegal streams, of course. And some have maybe just caught the highlights. Now, I, I watched the highlights when I came in as well. And it almost paints a, a picture of a very different game. I felt it was a real, as I say, a real struggle for the first 45. But you watch the highlights and you see you see the one that they've sliced onto their own crossbar after a pretty dangerous jot across. You've seen the chance where Abada has kind of stunned the goalie's palms when he should really have picked a side. But yeah. another chance where Juranovic has stepped onto one on the edge of the box and, and blazed it over the bar and it was a good opportunity. And actually, if that's all you watched, you'd be thinking... That is pretty good. Pepper them a few chances. Solid first half. What was your feeling on it? Yeah, it's interesting. I felt the same after Hibs, actually. Uh, the highlights being a condensed view of the night. You're seeing what highlights there were in kind of quick succession. So um, that that rang out last night as well. What I would say is things like, you know, when you're at the game, you're seeing the whole 90 and the low block and spoiling football in the side race, and, it, and it, it just feels a lot more negative. Um, so Kenny McIntyre's point after the game to Ange that you know, it wasn't a great game. That wasn't because us, we tried to make it a great game. And St. Bernard came to, to spoil, to time waste, to uh, ruin any chance of being respectful. So we can only do so much in that regard. Teams are going to come out and that will work in and that's the way it is. Yeah, have you got the street cleaners nearby there in sunny Dublin? You guys? Coming at you live. Tell me, keep it down a wee bit, could you? Um, but yeah, I get your point, you know, on Kenny McIntyre. He's, he's put it to Ange that, you know, it wasn't a great game of football. That's really no fault or through no lack of effort on Celtic's part. You know, Celtic are trying to play good football in the way they always do, the way we certainly do under Ange that we have seen. You can't do a great deal when St. Mirren just sit in so deep like that. And, you know, the funny thing was that, yeah, there was a bit of anxiety around last night, but. St Mirren were never going to win that game and you'd be hard pushed if they were ever going to you know, even get a, an effort on goal. I don't, I've not checked these stats. I don't know if Joe Hart had a single thing to do you know, in terms of keeping even the ball. Even less on Sunday. You know, Hibs had a chance by the, by the post on Sunday. That was about their lot. I don't even think he got as close to that. Um, I, I can't really remember him getting to an 18-yard box. You know? Yeah. I heard Stephen Robinson's interview as well and he was saying that you know, he feels a wee bit aggrieved that the goals, you know, the ball fell fortunately for firstly Carter Vickers and then McGregor, which we'll get to. But he also said that uh, he was honest enough to admit, did we bring enough to the game? Did we have enough efforts to take a point or get the win? Probably not. Now, that's on him. You know, he's saying that, but that's how he set his, his team up. They've come up to play ugly football, to spoil anything that Celtic are trying to do. And it's little wonder we're watching games of football right now at this business end of the season and they're not very entertaining. No, and I suppose he's, he's setting up to maybe get a chance on the break and I, I agree with you, it's, it's on him, he said, oh, we didn't do enough to win the game. It's like, that, that's exactly how you set up to play and that's exactly how it played out. Um, so they're maybe hoping for a break, but what's happening in these games is when teams are low block, heavy defence against us, 
and they're maybe getting one, two or three breaks in the whole 90 minutes, they come up against a formidable back four. The back four do their job, they recycle the ball and they start another attack. So that's, you know, to repeat myself, but that's how it's going to be if you play that kind of football. Yeah. What is unusual just now is the the man of the match awards, you know, it's kind of slim pickings for Celtic just now too, because is that the dinner bell? <laughs> it's a try. The dork. Despite the... Um, you know, despite the, the negativity that some of our opponents are putting up from Celtic's point of view, our creative players aren't creating too much at this moment in time. So you, you found last night, Carter Vickers gets the stadium man of the match and he's, he took his goal very well. But a centre-half getting a man of the match against St Myrna at home, it, it doesn't quite sit well, does it? I mean, it wasn't for any defensive prowess. I, I think he got the nod because of the goal. Um, but in saying that, I think Juranovic was my man of the match which I think Stevie on the, the post-match uh, report on the Celtic Exchange uh, put as well. I thought he was great last night, apart from a couple of wee things where he could have done slightly better, but he was he showed his class. He, he's a player that could play in most teams in Europe. You know, he, he shows a bit of class. So he's my man of match, but again, not for defensive stuff. Yeah, there's also been another mention. I agree with that. I th- thought he was good. There's another mention for Starfelt as well. Quite a lot of folk um, was great. and online saying that he had a decent game. But there's your, your centre-half pairing. Star men against St Mirren. Um, their job is to nullify and their job is to cl- keep clean sheets first and foremost and, and they've certainly done that. What we'll do, we'll look at the other side of their game so let's go to that Cameron Carter-Vickers goal. So around about the 55th minute, it's come as a result result of a set-piece no less, James, something that we're not uh, famed for. Because um, we told them. We told it to them. That's right, that's right. We have got the break of the ball. You know, It's been a, it's been a good ball into the mix. Um, Starfelt's there, thereabouts, challenging. It's fallen nicely, but he's connected really, really well, hasn't he? Yeah, and there's a wee bit of criticism that you know from sports media that Celtic only scored a couple of goals that weren't you know purely created on their own merit. There was a couple of um, ricochets and stuff. Goals a goal if it comes off your backside or if you crack it from thirty yards, it's a goal. So when you're playing that intense attacking football and getting nowhere because they're packing the box, there's going to be ricochets. So I'll take that, but. I thought Carter Vickers took it really, really well. Um, yeah. It was good work from Abada to win the free kick, getting uh, sliced down. Um, a decent cross from Jota, and good responsibility from Jota to take it off of Riley. Riley wanted to put it in. Um, I wasn't sure I necessarily agreed with Jota, but took it off him, got it in, got the break, and, and Carter Vickers just took it nice and clean. Yeah, you're right, Jota's put it in good height, good pace, and it's going to cause problems. You know, too often we've not put balls in. It was a free kick very early in the game, if you recall, if we if we can go back to that first half. It was about five minutes in, edge of the box. Do you remember it? Uh, O'Reilly stepped onto it, and it looked set for a crack at goal, and he kind of curled it towards the back post for both Carter Yeah, yeah I do remember it, yeah, yeah. It was such a wasted free kick, and you groaned at the time because you're thinking, have we got another game full of this? Thankfully, the set pieces did step up to an extent, and yeah, you know, it's not being jot a whips in and somebody powers a header in or a volley immediately from that delivery. But a dangerous ball has resulted in a goal for Celtic, and Celtic should be applauded for that. Yeah, um, I, I would counter that slightly on that that you know early free kick that you mentioned. I thought he actually the free kick for really was actually decent in terms of he found a a man in space in a dangerous area, and then they just fluffed the lines. I think it was actually Carter Vickers and Starfelt on the edge of the kind of between yeah. the six yard and eighteen yard box. So it was just so, the wrong guys. Sorry to interrupt, James. Speaking of fluffing their lines, I'm just about to introduce uh, one <coughs> myth to the show. Uh, what happened, Matthew? Sleeping? Uh, no, I'm 
business is business, Tino, as you know, son. Um, so I was a bit, was a bit busy. It was yeah. a bit busy. But yes, um, thankfully, being able to, being able to jump on, uh, I heard your uh, wee discussion point about that free kick in the first half. Uh, that was a, a big source of frustration for me. Um, they just seemed to you know, play the ball behind. I, I thought it was all set up for Juranovic or even a really just to have a crack at goal. I don't... I don't I, I didn't really understand that, although I think um, guys like ourselves who have been going to the games and watching the games regularly have been fairly um, fairly critical of the waste of uh, free kick opportunities that we seem to be, make quite a lot of the time. So I don't know if maybe maybe somebody's listening and they've tried to do something different. But then, ironically enough, that's where the that's where the goal comes from, you know. So. Um, I, 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 I'm sorry that I've just jumped in, but very quickly, my two pence worth was that first half was, was really poor, static, second half a bit more like it. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a fair summary. Um, yeah, so James on Carter Vickers' goal, so from his point of view, all he can do is finish it, and he's he's tucked in like a, a real striker, hasn't he? He's kind of Shearer style, just kind of spun and volleyed it high into the net, and it's, he was delighted himself. Yeah, it's, 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 my, it's marking the distance. I, I like to be two to three yards out when I'm hitting my volleys. That's nice. <laughs> um, but he was delighted, wasn't he? And you could almost see, a, you could certainly feel the relief in the stands. You could almost see a bit of relief in the players as well, couldn't you? Yeah, I mean, it, it definitely, I, I felt it myself. It, it lifted a bit of tension and you saw the players starting to loosen up and your passes were connecting better after that. And then I would say actually at 10 minutes that and they tightened back up again. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, I'm so glad the goal came when it came off because we've seen it before a few times this season. There are a few now nils and some tense uh, 90 minutes and had it gone into think, 70, 80, it'd have been a, a tough watch. I think the way that other teams have kind of worked out how they want to play against us at Celtic Park, and that's that's fine. Um, last night was no exception. Um, it's a fairly grim watch for, I think, for MD watching the game. I can't imagine that a, a St Martin, a Dundee, or a Dundee United fans absolutely buzzing about going to Celtic Park and putting 10 men behind the ball. But, but it, is, it is what it is. Um, the, the pattern, I think we, we, we didn't do enough in the first half to disrupt the pattern of play. Um, you know, goalkeepers taking 20 seconds to to take a, a goal kick, going from one side to the other. Completely unchallenged by the referee, by the way. Um, absolutely nothing done about it whatsoever. And we it was almost like we just became, we just accepted that. I think there was a lack of urgency, and even in terms of taking people on, to the point where, you know, we, we had Jota and Abada one on one at times, and they just didn't take that opportunity. I don't know. I don't know about you guys and what your opinion is, but I, I don't care if they lose the ball in that situation. I want them to go at people. I want them to commit people. That's that's what their job is to do. I felt we took the safe option too many times, but the the, the substitutions, Beaton, Rogic, and, and Forrest, I think all contributed, all made a difference. I think the back four. I seen somebody put on. I don't know if it was on one of the chats that man or it was online, but they thought Taylor and Juranovic were poor last night. I, I didn't. I thought the two of them done well. Juranovic mm, did. I don't know about Taylor, but John, we know that. Yeah, I think um, a couple of points there. I'd like to pick up on. My, I think you're right. The, the when I seen the triple substitution happening, I don't know where Angie's at. Subways just now he brings one one sub and one sub only against Hibs. He brings three on all at once uh, there last night, around about 64, 65 minutes. So it's Rodgers, Forrest and Beaton 
for O'Reilly, Abada and Hatati. The beat-on move allows Callum McGregor to step a bit further forward and lots of fans have been clamouring for that. And I think it's a move when you're at home against a defensive setup, getting Callum McGregor more advanced as a move. And whether it's Beaton that comes in and plays the six or Gucci, and you know, we've still to see a bit more of him. I think that is definitely a move, and, and I'm keen to hear you lads' thoughts on that in just a second. Another point I'd like to make, Miff, and you mentioned it, and I clocked it at certain points in the game, we've resorted to playing the safe pass every time. In the final third, nobody is willing to make the killer pass. And as you say, Miff, you know, it's risk-reward kind of stuff, but you don't mind if you concede possession in their 18-yard box or somewhere in their final third. There were so many times, and this is stuff you, you will only see at the game. You won't see this on sports team. Maeda making the run, Jota making the run from the inside channel, Abada making the run. And for some reason, whether it's McGregor or Hitati or O'Reilly or anyone else who finds himself advanced, there's a an anxiety and a reluctance to play the killer pass, to play the brave pass, to play yep. the pass they would have played in the first half of the season that we've seen so effectively between the likes of maybe a Rodic and a Kyogo. I don't know why that is. I'll come to you first, James. Do you, why do you feel that anxiety's crept in? Is it time, of, you know, time of the season, stage in the season? Is it anxiety from the stands? I don't know. It's not happening, and it's you know, I want to know why. I, I'll tell you why. Um, I think it's a combination of those things. It, you know, we've spoken about it a lot on the anxiety from the stands. They, they do see the kind of the importance of the season and how close it could be. Um, but we spoke about it last week. This is leading to a lack of people taking responsibility. It, actually, in the last 20 minutes, they started putting those balls forward. Maya had a couple of kind of half-chance volleys and stuff. And no fan was saying, no, that was outrageous, putting a stupid ball in like that. The fans liked it. And the fact they didn't score, we weren't bored because they were trying. So you're going to get the back from the fans as long as you're trying to change, you know, to change the attack and have a bit of imagination. But take responsibility and you'll get her back in. Yeah. I mean, on that, Miff, you know, if if Avada or James Forrest gets it wide on the right-hand side and they give their all to get to the byline and it maybe breaks off them and even goes out for a by-kick or, or potentially a corner or whatever else happens, you're absolutely OK with that. It's when they get it wide right, they look to go forward and then they juke back in themselves and play the safe pass to McGregor. That's where the frustration is kicking in, I think. I, I, I think as well, the, the dynamism of the midfield, the midfield balance just seems off at the moment. Um, albeit that I think uh, quite rightly Anne just tried to go to the guys who have been performing well individually um, last few weeks Arelli and Hitati have noticeably dropped off that <clears throat> to the point where last last night when the crowd were, were really sensing a bit of urgency or requiring a bit of urgency there didn't seem to be that sense going on to the players at one point Hitati was on the counter-attack and stopped and started walking with the ball inside his own half mm. on a break was um that type of thing, as a visual, is a, you know, that's what frustrates fans and then leads to that anxiety that everybody's talking about. Because everybody lets out that collective groan because the expectation is, you know, we're 0-0 at home in a title race. Show some urgency, you know, body language, all the psychology, that type of thing. When, when you're not doing that, then it, it's it's absolutely natural that the fans are going to vent on that. Yeah. I think what you see in the second half was a, was a change to that. Um, and, and I think that came about alongside the change in personnel. I think it created more of a balance in the team. I think McGregor being played further forward is a, is a positive, especially in those those types of games. You probably don't need them knitting together. And, and yeah. Beaton, for all, for all Beaton um, has his uh, weaknesses, 
one weakness he doesn't have is taking the balls in kind of awkward areas. He seems to be more willing to do that than most others on the team. Um, and that allows us to get out a bit better rather than relying on, you know, a, a patented Starfield Maisie to do so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, I'd also just, you know, as part of that conversation, I'd like to offer up a defence of Maeda who, again, just, you know, at first glance, and certainly if you're just watching highlight packages and things, or even the 90 minutes on telly, you know, you're saying, what's this guy bringing? Because I agree, his touch at times has been a bit off and, when he, you know, he scored a couple of goals early bells, and that's dried up to an extent just now. But actually, when you see the, the runs he's making, he's also just as a complete aside, still bursting his tank in the ninety second minute. And again, you're winning two 0 Listen, if, 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 in my opinion, if if you're watching that game last night and think that Maeda is a problem, then I, you're the I, problem. I disagree. I disagree. I agree. Because yeah. his work rate was excellent. He almost scored a couple of goals. He probably should have scored in the first half. Both Maeda and Amada missed when both of yeah. them probably should have scored for the same chance. Yeah. Um, but that, that aside, he is regularly getting into the, the right areas. Um, ironically, we seem to put more cross balls into him than we do Jacques for some reason. Um, yeah. But he, a lot of the time he was receiving, his movement was bringing him so far across the front post. He was actually trying to get a header on target rather than flick it on. Just, just a wee thing like that, you know, instead of yeah. just trying to keep the ball alive, he was trying to turn his head really, really hard angle. It would need to be a phenomenal header to, to score. But he was actually almost by the six-yarder. He'd come that far across the front post. So yeah. those those, t- those types of things are wee, wee things. Um, but I, I don't I don't look at my head and think he, he's a busted flush or anything like that. I think a lot of people seem to have honed in on him and said, oh, you know, he's a waste of space and things like that. I've seen some fairly vitriolic things um, put his way. I, I don't I don't see that personally. I see hard-working guy who I think is going to be a real, real asset to his moving forward. Um, more worrying for me is just the, the drop-off of Hattati and O'Reilly, albeit that Hattati's had a, a full season before he's came here and O'Reilly's been asked to do quite a lot in a short space of time. So, again, that's not me That's not me being overly critical. I'm, I'm, the, their performance levels have dropped off, but we know they're capable of far better. Yeah, yeah. I think so. The, guy, the guys... Also, the guys... On you go to. Jeez, this is awkward. Uh, I was also <laughs> going to say that there's there's clearly options within the squad. If you're right, Hattati and O'Reilly are tired. We've got the replacements here. You know, you've got the Beaton that can move Kalmak on, and you've got the Rogics that can start instead of O'Reilly. So they are tired. They they they, they do look like there's a bit of something wrong, and they need you know freshened up. Yep. The options are there for that. After you now, James. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was just going to speak to Miss Point about uh, the guy <laughs> jumping on my head is back now. These are the guys that have been all over Jack and Marcus until he scores his hat trick. You know, it's it's ah. almost like a pastime for them to, to ah. have a, a bogeyman Starfields in the mix and all that kind of stuff. So I, I wouldn't worry about that at all. Maeda's stats already are, are more than good enough. And if he was getting a bit better service, he would still be maintaining that. So he'll come good. He's, he's a player for me. Yeah, but I, a lot and, and just, just, just on the point of Starfield, it seems somebody put on Twitter that Starfield was phenomenal last night. I, I thought he was very good, you know, but he was good. Again, I still, I still think he's, he's prone, he's more prone to lapsing than than Carter Vickers. Maybe that's a harsh, uh, harsh statement to make because Carter Vickers has been so strong, but he, he continually makes that mistake. He trying to win a ball that he can't win and, and conceding stupid fouls. He done it two or three times last night. That allows a team like St. Martin, like Dundee, whoever to put a ball in the box, doesn't it? Yeah, if he just that's wee bit, that wee bit. You know, I, I'm, I'm not, I, I'm not writing stuff. I'm not in that that camp that thinks he's absolutely hopeless either. I just think 
I just think he still looks a bit rugged and raw. Maybe that's just the way he is, and we need to accept that. But um, mm-hmm. in, in general, I thought that the two most solid players last night were the two centre half. Yeah, yeah, we caught a wee bit of that before, uh, just when you were in your bed, just waiting to join the call. Um, Carter Vickers and Starfield, where can I... I do have a job, Timo. You, know, you do know that. I do have a job. But I understand. Uh, the the you know, <laughs> the, the pay bracket, say, you know, between zero and one pence. So I, I need to go to earn another one. I hear you. Um, but Carla Vickers and Starfield, yeah, they were getting the plaudits. And Juranovic to an extent as well. Um, you know, some people had him as their man of the match. Um, let's move forward to that uh, Callum McGregor goal. So, again, if we were talking about some of Stevie Robinson's comments before he came on and he was bemoaning the fact that they were, you know, both kind of fortunate goals, whilst also having the savvy to accept that St Mirren brought nothing to the party, you know, in any way, uh, an attacking sense. Um, McGregor's done well for the goal. Just one point I'd like to make on it. So it's it's really good work by Juranovic again to get down the right-hand side. Good ball into a dangerous area. Jotas had a really decent header, which looks goal-bound. I think it catches the St Mirren guy on the face. Hard luck for him. And it's broken and Calmax done well to keep the head over it and drill it in, which is good. And, and I'll take your thoughts in a second, Miff, on the goal. If you cut to Jota uh, after the goal, maybe reading between the lines too much, body language, shoulders slumped, fed up that he didn't score again, not playing well. It's worth watching back on sports scene. One angle really shows that everyone's running away celebrating 2-0. Jota slumped. This is separate to anything for last night, but do you feel he's his head's been turned in some way and he's not? That's maybe the reason why he's not quite at it. Yes, I know what. Yeah. Yes, I I, I can't see the same player. It's just, it's just not the same player. For you. And I, you know, it gets a pass because he's been injured. And it's a bad injury, a hamstring injury for a winger who's dynamic and you know it's short, sharp bursts that they'll be running in. Yeah. But um, I, I, it's the only reason for me. Yeah. James's theory is that when he went back to Benfica for some treatment, somewhere along that journey or at that time, somebody's potentially got in his ear. I've seen a link to, I think, Sevilla are potentially interested in him. Um, and maybe he still wants to prove a point at his boyhood club. James, are you still on that on that bus? Yeah, I mean, it's certainly something. I mean, it can can also be the psychology of a an injury. Um, particularly as says for that kind of player. Hamstring injuries can be career-threatening for fast nippy players, so it could be that. It's just a theory, of course, but my theory is, he spent a bit of time in Benfica's training camp and they've said, did their manager not go, actually, towards the end of last manager. year? Yeah. So there might be a bit of, you know, there might be a chance for you here, so don't don't commit to anything anyway, because I think he was, all sounds where he was going to commit to the contract. Somebody just maybe said, don't commit to anything, see how it looks in the summer, and he's now got his head, you know, between two places. And, but see, at the same time, see, see if he's deciding to do that, then the best way to get yourself right into the starting eleven at Benfica is to blaze a trail through this season. And, and listen, as, as we've seen before, as, as great as Jota has been first half of the season, like we had last year with Eddie, with Ayer, you know, if if you're not wanting to come and do it and put the shift in, then fine, you know, we'll go we'll go elsewhere and look for options elsewhere. Um, yeah. It's just a, it's just unfortunate that it's got to such a critical point in the season and he, he, his shoulders have slumped. That's that's how it looks to me. He's just not got that same swagger. Um, whether it's the injury, whether it's his head being turned, but there's definitely been been something something's changed. Yeah, and as James mentions, Miff, you know, a, a hamstring injury for a, a winger, you know, it can be really 
tracking. I believe that's what put paid to your own career at the ripe old age of 42, 43, higher. Among, amongst other things, Tino, yes. Yeah. Uh, speaking of nippy wingers, Miff, uh, seamless link, Karamoko Dembele made his return last night. Um, I think, according to my stats, he came on in the 84th minute and the hatchet man that he is, he picked up a booking in 86. Not a lot to go on in terms of what he brought to the game last night, but really good to see him back here. And just interesting that I think um, as soon as the game was safe and, and you got him on, I, I don't know don't know if that, that's an indicator that he plans to use him a bit more before the end of the season or or maybe, I, I don't know, maybe he's just trying to get him fit to get him, get him moved on. But um, based on the fact that we're chatting about Jota, uh, Dembele's come back in, Mikey Johnson's still got the perennial question mark over him. It seems to be in, in, in Forrest's, you know, Forrest's availability and, and then performances have been variable throughout the season. It looks like both wings are areas where we need to strengthen come the summer. Yeah. Um, so ultimately, you know, from last night, you would have taken 2 now. you'd have taken 1 now before the game. At this stage in the season, it really is all about the three points. Good performances and free-flowing football would be a real bonus. But, you know, all about the points, James, and that's the mo- most important thing. Now we've got to look forward to Sunday. Uh, and this has been built up, you know, in all areas is just such a game to dread and, and one that we shouldn't be looking forward to. We're obviously at the Tony Macaroni against Levy. It's a 12 o'clock kickoff. How do you see that one shaping up now, James, just on the back of, of last night and how we're looking as a squad? It's built for Giacomacus. We'll, we'll blaze through that and, and we'll romp it and that'll put that hood out of bed. I really think it's built for Giacomacus entirely. It's his kind of style. Back to goal. It actually wouldn't be a bad idea if somebody a bit closer supporting him for, you know, balls coming off him and stuff like that. Almost in a kind of two um, if a bad is coming in a bit tighter to him. But I, I think it's built for him and we'll do the, we'll do the business. Did you have a couple of Guinness at the airport? You see him for La Bravado? I've been this way for, for weeks. This lovely thing's all the nonsense. It really is, honestly. Yeah. I think you predicted something like 3-0. 3-0. 3-0 and you're sticking with it? Sticking with it. Maybe 4 yeah. What about yourself, my fan? Oh, you've got a bit of the pessimism in you at times. How are you feeling? Uh, well, not not so pessimistic that I'm not taking the boys to the game. So How are you going? Nice I'll, one. I'll be there. Um, but uh, first and foremost, credit to Ovingston because they're, they're in a really good run of form now. On form, I'm um, So, you know, you have to, you have to acknowledge that. Uh, but I think, I think like, like any game, in, in Scotland, the, the destiny is, is in our own, own hands and how we approach the game. Um, even with Giacomacchus in the team, we're still going to play the same, the same way as, as we did when we played Love earlier in the season. Um, unfortunately, we haven't then subsequently played them at the Tony Macaroni when we were moving the ball quickly and freely. It would have been great had we got them in that spell. Now the ball seems to be moving a bit slower. The players seem a wee bit more hesitant. I just hope that other changes we make come Sunday, just have us playing with that wee bit more free flowing somebody like Jota, Abada, making the difference coming off the wing. And if we put as many decent balls into the box like we did last night against uh, St Myrne, then I think Jack and Marcus will, will get, get his head on, on the end of one. So it's really all about us. Uh, I would agree that maybe, maybe it's a game for McGregor to play a wee bit further forward as well, just to like, he offers that wee bit of penetration and, Tends to try and make a run beyond the forwards as well. So, I, I mean, listen, it's it's a fixture that nobody really looks forward to, and our history in it is is pretty terrible. But for a, for a team like Celtic, you know, you, you've got to overcome that hoodoo at some point. 
Um, yeah. Your hope Sunday's when that is when I'm I'm going to be there. That, that's me making my my debut at the Spaghetti Hard as well. I've never I've never been to the Tony Mac, so yeah, yeah I'm looking forward to it. Good, and I'm obviously hoping it's a winning debut for you and the boys. I think you're right. In the last five games at, at the Tony Macaroni, we've drawn three and lost two, which is really quite a horrendous record, you know, given the, the resources that we have, despite, you know, the part there and all that kind of stuff. If, uh, James, myself and Paddy gave our scoreline predictions in the weekly show. Do you want to put a, a number on it for Sunday? 1-0. One 1-0. One I think I've gone 2-1. James, you've gone 3-0. Can you remember, James, what Paddy went for? Uh, 2-1 as well, maybe? 2-0? I think it was a 3-0, a Jetty hat-trick, was it? No? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> We've not got enough time to cover a Jetty's return uh, yeah. to the bench last night, but maybe we'll we'll cover a bit more of that on Sunday. Um, James, any final thoughts as we're wrapping this one up? No, I just I kind of touched on it in the weekly show. Um, time's our friend here. You know, that's another fixture peeled off the calendar, and it's one less with opportunities to, to claw back points on us from our nearest rivals. So, just keep doing it, keep doing the job and push on. Yeah, Math, nine games to go. What's your thoughts? Just exactly what James says. You just you just tick them off. It'd be ideal if we were in a wee bit better form, but um the, the league's the league's really tight. You can see that with the teams for, for fourth down, every everybody's battling for, for position. Um I think the quality in the league overall has been up this year. so what you've got is you've actually got better players trying to pull off tactics that are really, really restrictive. So it's more likely that they're, they're going to be able to do it because I think that, I think the, the general pool of quality in each each, each team in the league is better this year than, than it's been in a few years. That said, it's up to us to overcome it. We know what we have to do. You know, win, win the remaining nine games you've won the league. Sounds quite a simple equation, but as far as the players are concerned, you know, I think I think they're they're level headed. Um, they've shown that they can handle the pressure. They just need to continue doing so. Yeah, exactly. And as James says, you know, time is on our side now with each passing week and each passing set of fixtures. There's less and less uh, work to do, if you like, if that's the right way to word it. Nine games to go, and I'm sure Andrew will have them fully focused. So listen, thanks uh, to you both for joining us. James, enjoy Dublin. Uh, Muff, enjoy getting Uh Thanks also to everyone that's joined us in the live today, especially those who have uh, taken the time to comment. Um, please make a point of subscribing too. Obviously, it's completely free here on YouTube. So if you are watching on YouTube, please do subscribe to the show show for more content like this. But in the meantime, and as always, thanks to you all for tuning in. Sponsored by 1010 Podcasts. Sports Social Podcast Network.